listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Today's scripture reading comes from Romans 13, verses 8 through 14. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Thanks for that reading, Alicia. <clears throat> I should probably apologize now for my voice. I am in the midst of my yearly seasonal thing, combination allergies and head colds. So hopefully my voice holds out. If not, you get the raspy, sexy preacher voice. So you're welcome either way. <clears throat> um, and we are still in the midst of a pandemic, so I will be keeping my distance from everybody today, just in case, because you do not want whatever's going on in here uh, in the midst of everything else. If you're a regular here, you know that we are in the midst of a long-term study of the Book of Romans. We've been working our way through this book for months now, and we are currently in the last section of Romans, chapters 12 to 16, where Paul turns from all this dense, heady, abstract theological stuff and actually starts talking about more practical issues and concerns. The title of our sermon today is, You Know What Time It Is. I took that phrase from verse 11, right in the middle of our passage. It's, it'll be on the screen in a second. Besides this, you know what time it is. How it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. There's a memory verse for you, by the way. If you're looking for a, a verse to commit to memory, a passage that you can draw strength from in, a, in just a mess of a year like 2020 has been, I think this is a pretty good one. More than that, though, uh, I highlight this verse because I really think this ties together everything we've been talking about in this section for the last four or five weeks. So before we dive into this passage, I want to recap a little bit, talk about where we've been over the last month to kind of help us connect the dots. Does that, does that work for everybody? Does that sound like a plan? Thumbs up, nods, excellent. If you remember, go back to Romans 12, very first verse. Starts off with this call to personal transformation. Paul invites us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. He encourages us to not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It's this bold call 
to personal transformation into Christ-likeness. That's how this section starts. Then right away from there, Paul launches into this long discussion about love. It starts really in verse 3. All the way through the end of chapter 12, Paul talks about love, encouraging us to love one another. Just some highlights, some quotes. Don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Remember that you are one body in Christ. Let love be genuine. Outdo one another in showing honor. Bless those who persecute you. Do not repay evil for evil. As much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If your enemy is hungry, feed them. It's this quite radical and expansive picture of love that begins in the Christian community. It's, it's practiced and perfected here, but then it flows outward into love for everyone beyond the walls of the church, even our enemies. That's the bulk of chapter 12. Then in chapter 13, the passage we looked at last week, <clears throat> Paul tells us to submit to governing authorities. Don't start a violent revolution, if you were thinking about it. Don't take up arms and try to overthrow the government, but instead, pay your taxes, be a good citizen, work toward the common good of all, while remembering whose kingdom you really belong to. That was last week. So we get this call to personal transformation, followed by a call to love that begins in the church and flows outward to everyone, even our enemies, followed by a section about not taking up arms against the government, which again, probably a good word right now, followed by our passage for today, Romans 13, 8 to 14. I want to read it one more time for you, and I want you to see if you can sense any of these threads kind of coming together, starting in verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is. How it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy, Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So Travis, go back to that summary slide. There we go. Perfect. Be transformed. Love others. Don't take up arms against the government. Because you know what time it is. I really think this passage, this line, is the glue holding everything together. Be transformed because you know what time it is. Love others because you know what time it is. Don't try to overthrow the principalities and powers because you know what time it is. 
let's talk about what time it is. And not just 10.34. Little warning, though, when we talk about time, um, and this is going to be obvious if, if, if anyone's watched a lot of movies, TV shows about time and time travel. When we start talking about time, things get abstract. It's really easy to get super confusing, super quickly. Go to the next slide, Travis. We've got examples. We've got Doc and Marty. We've got all these different time travel things from our culture. If you've watched any of these shows or movies, you know once we try to wrap our mind around time, we get lost pretty easy. But here's the thing. If we're going to understand what Paul means when he says, you know what time it is, we have to talk about time. Because Paul is not talking about time as we generally think about time. He's talking about something else. So as abstract and confusing as this might get for like a few minutes, I promise you it's all going to come back to love. So you can just hold on to that hope of love. But we've got to get down in the weeds for a little bit and talk about time in order to get there. Are we still tracking? Excellent. The first thing to know when we're talking about Paul and time is that Paul was writing in Greek. And Greek has some similarities to English. There's a lot of commonalities. But one difference is in how it talks about time. We only have one word for time in English, but Greek has two. There are two Greek words for time, and they do not mean the same thing. They are different. The two Greek words for time are chronos and kairos. Let me hear you all say chronos. Let me hear you all say kairos. Kairos. Excellent pronunciation. Very well done. Kronos and kairos, two words that both get translated time in English, but they do not mean the same thing. Kronos, we'll start there, is time as we think of it today. Linear time. Structured time. Someone asks you what time it is, you say 1030, right? That's kronos. Think about uh, a clock face, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, so on. Very ordered, very structured. How we count time through the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's chronos time. Chronos is where we get the word chronology. You see that? You see that connection? Yep. And that is different from kairos time. Kairos is not about chronological time. It's about the quality of time, how a specific time feels, how one season, one day, even one moment can stretch into an eternity because it is fundamentally different from other moments in time. That's kairos time, time that transforms us, time that you can tap back into even years later because there's a power there, there's something sacred or holy about that time. Think about a wedding anniversary when all those feelings, all those memories, the emotions of that special day come rushing back. You feel closer to your spouse no matter what you happen to be arguing about at the time because it's your anniversary. Even decades later, even when the person we love is gone, It doesn't matter how far removed you are chronologically, that moment, that experience, that kairos time is as close as ever. That can be a very painful thing, but that can also be an incredibly 
beautiful thing. It's kairos. To use another example of kairos time, a few weeks ago I walked into the church and something was different. There were pumpkins by the door. I look over at some of the bulletin boards and um, the bright colors of summer are just magically gone and there are browns and reds and of fall. It wasn't magic, by the way. Joni Martin actually came in and spruced up the church for fall. Maybe you noticed. She did a great job, thanks to Joni and to anyone who helped with that. <clears throat> but the effect, at least for me, is that coming to the church felt different. It felt like fall. If we think in terms of chronos, chronological, linear time, fall starts on September 22nd, right? That's when fall begins. I don't think many of us woke up on September 22nd we're just like, ooh, it feels like fall, right? That's not, that's not how that works. You know it's fall when the leaves start to change colors and fall off the trees. When you go to like Starbucks or Java Junction and it's pumpkin spice everything, right? That's fall. When I walk into Wegmans and they have pumpkin roll out, I don't care if it's September 22nd or June 1st, that's fall, right? That's Kairos time. The quality of time, moments in time like birthdays, anniversaries, Christmas, that you can tap into, be ushered back into, even when you are removed from them by years. We don't have very good language for this in English. We don't have a word for it. At least I couldn't think of one this week. So I'm going to use one more example. I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to use a sports analogy. First time in a sermon. Believe it or not, <clears throat> these guys are laughing at me already. I actually did play sports as a kid. Not well, and usually not willingly, but like every once in a while, my parents would trick me uh, into signing up for a sports league with the promise that it would be fun. And I played, <laughs> see, <clears throat> I played two seasons on the church basketball team, First Baptist Church of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I was the third string rebounder, and we had 12 kids on the team, so <laughs> that's about where I fell. Obviously not a lot of basketball fans here. That's not good. I, I was like one of the only third stringers. I scored one basket in two seasons, which I am still very proud of. Um, and I set a record for most fouls. So that's, that's about where my basketball skills are. But I remember there's this kid on the team who was like the opposite of me. He was the star player. He was really good at basketball. His name was Adam. And before each game, he'd get us hyped up in the locker room. And he'd ask over and over again, do you know what time it is? Do you boys know what time it is? What time is it? We'd get out there. He'd be yelling over and over again, what time is it? What time is it? And like nobody was like, um, it's 4.30, right? Because that's not what he was talking about. Even I knew that wasn't what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about chronos time. He was talking about kairos time. Game time. Go time. Time to sport. I don't know. That's what he's talking about. Are we? <laughs> That's why I don't use sports analogies often. <clears throat> Are we clear on the difference between Kairos and Kronos? Do we kind of get that? Excellent. Here's why I think this is so important. In our culture, Kronos is king. Think about everything we do connected to time, just about, on a daily basis. Your weekly planner, your alarms, your schedule, you go to work. You punch in, you punch out, you have your lunch break, your shift time. 
It's all linear, chronological, chronos time. It's even invaded our faith in a lot of ways. I actually think chronos time is, the, is one of the reasons that religion can feel very abstract and disconnected, out of touch with daily life here in the present. So much of our faith is oriented to the past, tradition, the good old days, the way it's always been done, right? If we think about how we talk about our faith, someone gives a testimony about when they came to faith, when they were saved, when they first believed, it's all past tense language. As if salvation is just this thing that happened to us 10, 20, 30 years ago that we are gradually moving away from. We do this with the past, but we also do it with the future. Like uh, when Christians talk about the end times, the return of Christ, it often just boils down to speculation about when Jesus is going to come back to like fix everything. Purely future, somewhere else, totally disconnected from life in the present. And we wonder why our faith doesn't feel relevant. Now, Travis, if you go to the timeline slide, <clears throat> I think the problem is you are here, in the present. This is where we live. But if our faith is only rooted here, in the past, and if our hope is only found here, in the future, that doesn't leave us with much here, in the present. This is how chronos time, linear time, fails us. It falls short. It invades our faith and kind of robs it of its transformational power. But when Paul writes, you know what time it is, he is not talking about chronos. He's talking about kairos. You know what kairos it is. Salvation is nearer to us now than when we became Believers. That's Kairos time. What if our faith wasn't just something that happened to us in the past? What if when we thought about our salvation, instead of talking about something that happened to us 20 years ago, we talked about all the ways God is saving us, transforming us, renewing us each and every day? What if when we thought about the future and the hope we have in Christ, the goal wasn't to speculate about what's going to happen, when's it going to happen, what present-day events are signs of the times? What if instead that future hope gave us a roadmap and a destination for how we live right here in the present? That's Kairos. When the resurrection of Christ isn't just this thing you believed in that happened 2,000 years ago, but it's something you embody every single day. When we allow these sacred moments, things like resurrection and new creation, to invade our present and transform us, that's Kairos. By the way, <clears throat> this is why at Easter... We say he is risen, not he has risen, or he arose. Do you ever wonder about that? 
It's he is risen. Because Christ is risen every day for those who believe in him. Christians should sure to be like, um, you know those sick people that add pumpkin spice to their coffee in June? That should be us, but our pumpkin spice is resurrection. <laughs> that makes sense. You know what time it is. Why do we seek transformation? Back to that summary slide, Travis. Why do we seek to be transformed? To offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, to put on Christ and shed the works of darkness. Because we know what time it is. Why do we love others? Why do we seek the good of our neighbor even if they don't care about us? Because we know what time it is. Why do we participate nonviolently in society? Why do we submit to the governing authorities, work within the available systems and structures for the good of others, even though those structures are imperfect and broken? Because we know what time it is. Time to live into God's future. Time to take that hope we have about where God is leading the world and put it into practice right here and right now. Time to love our enemies, to bless them and work toward their good, not because we feel any differently about them or like we suddenly like them, not because we've magically gotten over the wrongs they've done to us, but because we believe Jesus died for them too. And we are a resurrection people. Maybe it's time to replay that wedding video or to page back through the wedding album, even if you and your spouse aren't connecting right now, maybe especially if you and your spouse aren't connecting right now, to enter back into that first love, that kairos time. Maybe it's time to call that a strange relative or reach out to that neighbor who you know is voting for the other guy. Time to host a family in need that lost everything in the fire, or maybe reassess your heart and your priorities, because we know what time it is. Time to wake from sleep, set aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Time to live honorably, to set aside the destructive patterns and habits that are robbing you of joy, driving a wedge between you and God and put on Christ because we know what time it is. Let's pray. God, we know what time it is. It's time to follow you out into the world. It's time to invite you into our hearts all over again. Time to put our trust in you, to live into the hope of resurrection. God, we ask that you would help us to remember and to discern what time it is. To not get bogged down by chronos time, the world's time, 
time that makes endless demands on our hearts, lives, energy, and allegiances. But instead, God, bring us into your time, your kairos, the time that you have called us to. Transform us, God. Help us to love. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist, on Twitter at Brockport FB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.